Episode 4, Take the Long Way Home. I must say, Episode 3, She's Not There, was a difficult episode to write because I had to relive all the things I was telling you about. And I do know how out there all that sounds. But I needed you to know how the experience was changing and affecting me. Yet, I'm going to move forward with the story now. Once again, Don came for me as we drove up to a home near Mulholland at the top of Laurel Canyon. Don always had coke, so we snorted some coke in the car before we went into the house. When I did do hard drugs like cocaine, I was never out of control or overly sexual or anything like that. In fact, I was just the opposite. I was always aware of myself and my surroundings and what was going on around me. We walked into the house and there must have been about 15 people sitting in a circle in the living room, all high on cocaine. The thing about doing a lot of hard drugs and alcohol is that it leaves one's psyche open to outside influences and the energies and beings you attract can be lower in vibration and detrimental to oneself. My point being, Don was walking around the outside of the circle of people, but I could see he was channeling a voodoo priest like someone from New Orleans. The thing is, I don't think any one of these people in the circle noticed any of this because every one of those people were talking to themselves and sitting there making all kinds of hand gestures that didn't make sense. I was standing there near the entrance of the kitchen watching Don do his thing, almost dancing around these people and watching how the people were out of their minds and not aware of anything but what, but what was in their heads. Don and I walked into the kitchen. He went into the fridge and got us something to drink. We did more coke. Then we smoked a joint and Don went into his bedroom and laid on his bed. I smoked the rest of the joint in the kitchen and then I went into the bedroom a few minutes later. I was standing in the bedroom next to the bed high, looking at Don lying on the bed and these preppy looking girls with perfect figures, short skirts, really nice looking pedigree girls came into the room one after another to talk to Don. And I'm standing there listening and watching. It wasn't as though I was jealous because I still thought we were connected. But watching these girls made me feel like I knew I wasn't, it wasn't just me, but I never let him know that. It was as though Don was controlling the whole house again, the people talking to themselves, looking crazy in the living room, these hot girls coming to him who were smitten with him one after another. I was obviously under his influence. But I was awake, way more aware of my surroundings than those other people. It's a good thing I've always been psychic. I always have had reoccurring dreams. 
about different scenarios that would eventually come to pass in the physical world. In other words, I was way more conscious than these other people. Anyway, we just hung out with those people all day. No intimacy or sex, just getting high, smoking weed, doing coke, and watching the insanity. Once again, he took me back down the canyon to my parents' house in West Hollywood. Don was no dummy. He knew what he was doing, and he knew I was all messed up in my head because of all that had happened. After that day, I saw him one last time in the flesh. The last time I spent time with Don, he took me up to Coldwater Canyon to another home in the hills. Except in this house lived a young couple. I recognized the girl. Her name was Sandy. I went to junior high school with her. She was a privileged girl. Her parents were in the entertainment and clothing industry. She was beautiful, well-dressed, real snob and a preppy bitch. Don and I were in the hall while Sandy and her boyfriend were in their room, lying in their bed, jacked up on coke, looking paranoid. Sandy looks at me and says to me, I know you. We went to school together. Well, she was such a bitch when we were younger that I told her that I didn't remember her front of Don and her boyfriend, and Don knew I was lying. He got a real kick out of it, what I said to Sandy, and started cracking up. I remember we went into his bedroom, and he had a circular clothing rack he hung his clothes on. He also had a wall full of full-length windows overlooking the canyon, very scenic. Back in the bedroom, Don and I were being intimate, and I believe Don may have been getting bored and wanted something more exciting. He was standing behind me with his arms around me, holding me, and moved me toward the window. We were right near the window, and Don made a motion with his arms, like he was pushing me out the window, which really freaked me out. It scared me so much, I got dressed, got my things, and walked out on Don. I was making my way out of the house and past Sandy and her boyfriend's bedroom. Once again, I looked at the couple lying in bed, and they looked scared shitless. Don, once again, had his victims and had control over them and their house. If you think it was easy for me to leave, you're wrong. I was at the top of the hills close to Mulholland, and I had to walk several miles down the canyon to the city, and ended up at these sisters' house who were friends of mine. I don't believe Don liked the fact that I walked out on him. In the end, I think he wanted me dead because he couldn't have me 
or my soul. Don was a gifted, sensitive person who, when he was good, he was very good. But when he was evil, he was truly evil. Ultimately, the evil in him overpowered the good because he was weak. He could never get enough power or control and ended up in bondage, collecting souls for Satan.